welcome everybody to M Class Email. Oh fuck, it must be Wednesday. Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. Time to read your emails like we do on this program every two weeks. They might be Star Trek related, they might not. They could be about anything from Star Trek to the dicks in Star Trek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I don't give a fuck what you send me. As long as it's a good email, I'll read it. <laughs> and our first email comes from Sam Lindstrom. Hey! Artist you can find on the Twitter at Sam Lindstrom. Yeah, he does good stuff. And it is entitled, CONUNDRUMS! It's all caps. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, you Trek boys! Trek boys! I don't know if you're in need of any new segments, but, uh... So let's say an Archduke wizard cast Blizzaga on the both of you, freezing your bodies for thousands of years. Okay, this sounds real and could happen. Scary. Scaring me. You wake up in a strange chamber with a couple of future people who say, Okay, so look, the world is really different than you remember. Maybe things didn't go the way you were hoping, culturally speaking. I don't know. Maybe with your input, things could be a little better, but who's to say really? All I can say for sure is, you're not going to like it. Uh-oh. But, uh-oh. That's <laughs> what we say right out the gate. <laughs> yeah. We look at each other and yell, "Uh uh-oh, at the same time. (laughs) But check it out. VR is super good now. You've got the last couple units right here. So you can just live your own personal idealized form of the future for the rest of the lives of you. I think this is an Adventure Time episode. (laughs) You'd be safe from the rest of the world, and it would be safe from you. Now, you don't have to go for that. You could live in the real future, but if you choose one over the other, you can't change your mind. See, it's, VR. Something, this, it's something of a conundrum, if you will. Nah, believe, that's an easy one. VR. I believe this movie was already made, and it was called The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, the least hard choice I've ever had to make, VR. I have a harder choice deciding if I want home fries or fucking toast. If you ask them to specify what's wrong with the future, they'll just pull on their collars and make three Stooges sales. I know what that means. I'm going in the VR. Ooh, wow, That's wow, enough. wow. You didn't, I didn't even need to ask them. I'm going in the VR. VR? All right, we're going. Let's do it. So, Trek boys, if presented with a nebulously <laughs> bleak future world or an illusory utopia, which would you choose? And yeah, Fucking... it's kind of just the Matrix, but I only realized that halfway through writing the email. <laughs> It's conundrums! Uh, VR. I think I said that already. Uh, He says, uh, Personally, I think the moral obligation to help the world in whatever small way I can would weigh on me, but factor Bitch, I got froze by a wizard. I got no moral (laughs) obligation to fix your shit. But factoring in how removed this mystery future is from whatever I left behind, I don't know. Infinite hot wings and fantastical adventures yeah. with no risk of diarrhea is sounding pretty a good. A wizard froze me, and the rest of humanity fucked itself over. Get fucked. I'm going to the hot wings machine. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm a caveman at this point. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. anything works anymore. What the fuck? This isn't... This is not only The Matrix, this is Demolition Man. (laughs) And you somehow know how to knit really well? I'm not John Spartan. I'm not John Demolition Man. Be well, John Spartan. Like, I can't 
come out of the the wizard, the Archduke Blizzaga and fucking like save the universe with my coolness, my yeah. muscles. Going in the VR is what I'm hearing. So, I'm hearing the VR is the thing. It, like, if they can explain to Grandpa how VR works enough so that I could use it and be happy, Grandpa. <laughs> You would know. You would know, like, the basic idea of it. You know about video games. Sure. But, like, what if it's, like, uh, you didn't plug it into your pee hole right, so now you have internet hey, man. gonorrhea. Plug it into my <laughs> pee hole right, then. Fucking let's do this. Like I said, if they can hook Grandpa up correctly so that I know what I'm doing, I choose VR because... Otherwise, like, I'm not going to know how to drive these new fancy cars. I'm not going to know how to operate any computers anymore. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm gonna say things that are, have turned out to be racist or sexist right, or right. like glorbist. The new glorbs that came to the planet. I don't know yeah, how to treat wanna, the glorbs correctly. I don't want to piss them off. Yeah. Uh, so put me in the VR where I can have infinite hot wings. Yeah, an infinite like consequence-free sex. <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever in VR. You yeah, know what's sad is that most of the time in VR, I would probably just, like, play old video games. <laughs> I would just be like, when can I use a sword? Yeah. Like, I would live old video games. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. I guess we found this game from 1986 that you wanted to play. It's called oh, The Legend of Zelda. We can put you in That's Ready Player it. One, right? Like, that's yeah. the whole Ready Player One thing. Yeah. We can put you in this this old ass game. It's gonna look pretty janky in 3D. Fucking do it! A ninja just drove by on a motorcycle. I don't know if you heard that. Oh my god, that's so awesome! It must have been a ninja because it was really loud and cool. So yeah, like ninjas are very loud. <laughs> yeah, very loud and cool. <laughs> it's me, a ninja. That's what he yelled when you drove by. That's how I knew. That's how Josh knew it was a ninja. It's a ninja. Uh, yeah, we both choose VR. Yep. Get me out of this shithole. Artificially yours, Sam Lindstrom, Chief Illudium Q36 Explosive Space Modulator on the USS Earth-Shattering Kaboom. Oh my god. Fucking Marvin. Dude, like, the other day I posted that drawing I I did of you, me, and Kevin as, yeah. uh, like, Bugs, Daffy, and Porky in an old mm-hmm. cartoon. It was like a redraw of the scene as us. And Sam just started quoting that cartoon. He knew what cartoon knew it was it. from before I even yeah. said anything. That's awesome. Sam's dope. Um, <laughs> thanks for that email, man. Good email. Our uh, next email is uh, from Brendan. Brendan. And it is entitled, To Ensigns Pennington and Henderson. Hello. Hi there, Trek boys. Trek boys! Trek boys! This is Lieutenant Brendan Riley of the USS Van Gogh, and I'm happy to inform you that we finally managed to get the refrigeration problems worked out with the supply drone. I'm assuming the Van Gogh only has one nacelle. He mm-hmm. cut the other one off. Ha-ha! <laughs> so this provided. Is why you guys pay a dollar. <laughs> you guys got that joke a week early. Aren't you happy? <laughs> Worth it. So, provided that you two aren't too hungover to sign for it, you can expect a delivery of approximately 200 gallons of various flavors of ice cream. Hell fucking yes. Finally. Hell yeah. I guess We don't even have to trade them for stem bolts. (laughs) I guess canonically, Captain Drac ate all of our fucking ice cream and pissed off, and we haven't had any since. That was like two years ago. What a fucking asshole. (laughs) Fuck him. With that out of the way, I would like to close this transmission out with another peyote. 
Sorry if this cool. one's too long, but it's more of an outline than just a simple premise. Now, your email's not mm-hmm. too long. No. TNG, set in Rich Master Season 8. Oh, no, another writer has come into Rich Master Season Catch 8. <laughs> the episode opens on a special UFP team led by Commander Riker and including Dater... Dater. Good job, Dater. Jeff. Including Dater and I read Dr. Crusher. <laughs> I uh, love Dater. <laughs> is documenting the flora and fauna on an unexplored planet located in an uncharted sector on the edge of the neutral zone. Mm. Crusher is interacting with a large, non-aggressive herbivore when a shot is heard in the distance and it's struck down. Whoa. Uh, as, as the chief executive of uh, CBS, I'm going to have to ditch this one because we would have to make a big herbivore and we don't have the money <laughs> for that. We spent all of it on a giant water bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the others arrive while the doctor tends to the creature just as a humanoid alien appears. Riker, in an attempt to prevent further escalation, asks what they're doing, only for the hunter to reply, I've come to collect my trophy. Data then reveals that scans of the planet showed less than 100 of these creatures, meaning they qualify as an endangered species. This is an Enterprise episode. It was already written. Oh, wow. <laughs> and entitled to protection under the UFP charter, but the Hunters warns that that is their problem as he intends to mm-hmm. mount its head over the hearth in his den. Yeah. Crusher declares this as barbaric, but he merely counters that he has the manpower and the, manpower and the guns to claim his trophy. Even if that means going through them to get it. Shit, this dude's crazy. He then leaves the scene and Riker alerts Picard. The captain agrees this is unacceptable and has a security team dispatched to the planet, led by Lieutenant Hawk, who's still around. He's back. While he alerts Starfleet Command. While they agree, the Admiralty admits that it will take several hours to muster and deploy ships to the sector. Uh, why? Did you have a ninja just drive by? Yeah, a ninja did just drive by. Oh, fuck. It's the same ninja. He drove by and went, I'm the same ninja. Damn, he's (laughs) flying, man. (laughs) He went from Philly to Pittsburgh that fucking fast. He's going like several thousand miles per hour. Um, I guess my question is, like, why are they deploying ships to the sector to stop one guy from killing an endangered species? Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that. I guess the the idea is they're coming to the planet to enforce the law that they can't kill an endangered species. Yeah, but they wouldn't send more than one ship. No. Uh, This means if more enemy ships are... There are enemy ships? Where are the ships? Uh, the Enterprise will be on its own for the near future. And while the lone alien ship... Oh, okay, an alien ship. The Hunter's okay. on a ship. Okay. Is no match for a sovereign class. The real concern is the possibility of triggering a diplomatic conflict should more hostile ships arrive and the Enterprise be forced to engage them. Hmm. Uh, the, the story is, of course, strongly influenced by real-world real world poaching. Thanks for the email, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, I would recommend... Uh, yeah, I'm going to pitch it. I would recommend you watch uh, the Enterprise episode, which I don't have up right now. Uh, I will find it. It's called The it's- One Brendan Riley Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Enterprise Hunter's episode. Yeah, I would I pitch this. Like I would pitch this Rogue sure. Planet. It's called Rogue Planet. Yeah. This is a good... I've never seen that episode, I don't think. Season 1, episode 18. It's... Maybe it's I very similar. Episode, then. Hmm. They're on a planet where, like, the planet's 
floating in space alone. Like, it's not in a solar system. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I remember that. And they're like, oh, this is super weird. Yeah. And they go down, and there's hunters there. Yeah, this was not too long or too much detail. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would I would pitch it. Uh, I, I, I guess I would say instead of, like, mustering ships, I, w- I would put it that, like, uh, they're sending a diplomatic specialist, but the Enterprise is by themselves until they arrive. Yeah, and I would just have it be just the Enterprise. You don't need the, all that other stuff. I mean, it's it's sort of a way to create like a ticking clock and like a situation, where, like a powder sure. keg. Sure. Which I understand. You could do that easier though by just having the the poacher guy just be like, "Look, like I'm gonna do this." Right, I'll give you. I'll do the whole Star Trek. I'll give you twenty hours. Right, like do yeah. that. Yeah. Although it doesn't make much sense for him to do that because he's like, I'm just. It doesn't make sense for him to go back to his ship actually, because like if he's like, I'm gonna go through you to get my prize. Yeah. I guess he could be like, I'll give you twenty hours to hand over my prize. Right. Right. And yeah, then yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a ship battle. That yeah, makes sense. That would work. But if there's a ship battle, you're creating a diplomatic incident. Right. So you have to, so you th- you have to figure that. out some way to avoid yeah. this. You gotta avoid it. That's a good episode. I would watch that. Hell yeah. Uh, so pitch it. Two pitchets. Pitch Thank it you for boring. the email, Brandon. <laughs> That's the pitch it sound effect. Boring. 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 Double pitchets. <laughs> Walk with your boys. Walk with your boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our next email is from two folks... Jake and Lily Coxon. Oh, it is double. It is entitled First Time, Long Time. Hell yeah, welcome. It begins Trick Boys. Trick Boys. Trick Boys. Trick with your boys. Trick with your boys. I've been a listener since about the Kelvin movies and decided to finally send a message to thank you for all the great work you guys do on the podcast. Oh, thank you for listening for that long. Jesus. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Uh, My daughter recently, by recently I mean at the start of this virus thing, came home from college and has been bummed out by the boredom. Wow. I thought you were going to say bummed out by the Borg, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're not great. I'll agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool that somebody whose daughter is in college is listening to our podcast. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Hell yeah. Uh, She caught me listening to an emails episode that had a Rich Masters TNG Season 8 and was instantly hooked. She wanted to go back and listen to all the old episodes, and especially the season 8 emails. And it was just like when she was a kid and we watched TNG together. Oh, man. Oh, man. Gee, that's that's awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> Who knows what we'll do when they finish, because we listened to four in a row yesterday. The data, Holy Jesus! The Data and Loaxana one being our favorite so far. I don't think I could even listen to myself for 20 minutes, let alone for, oh my god, it's like up, upwards of five hours. Jesus, they're so much fun, and I think we owe a big thanks to all three of you for bringing us closer as father and daughter and creating some generally great Trek content, podcast and story time that we really love. Ah, oh, sweet, that's awesome. Man. Rich, you are touching the people, man. Your yeah. work is really bringing people together out here. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Uh, We're nearly (laughs) caught up, and last week listened to the episode Rich guested on, which has been our favorite so far. As much as we love the regular podcast, the Kevin and Rich spots are particular highlights. Any chance of having them on in the future? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Um, 
if you want to hear more of Rich on a podcast, he he does the voice of Hoteen on, uh, and he's the head writer on Tapan's sub theater on subspace, which which your daughter is in college, so it is appropriate for her. It's got a lot of curse words. Yeah, but but Tapan yeah. is on that though, so I don't yeah, I don't know about Tip. Josh and Tapan, man. <laughs> Me and Tapan, we have a Bones and Spock thing. Yeah, no doubt. Like. Uh, <laughs> But you could find him more on there. And I did a, uh, a, I do a podcast called Smile and Nod on my Patreon where I interview creative people. And I did like a whole like hour and a half long interview with Rich about writing and everything. And he talks yeah, a lot good. about working on the season eight episodes. Yep. Uh, and we're for sure going to have Kevin on again in the future. Like he's doing this thing right now where he's trying to make a video game a month. All year. It's crazy. It's crazy. Which is insane. So he doesn't really have time to do anything else whatsoever. Yeah, he's crazy busy. I, I get to talk to him tomorrow. We're doing pretend friends tomorrow. But we we would love to have him back on. And uh, at, at some point, we're going to uh, get Hadley Sinclair on here as well to talk about uh, fucking uh, Moriarty. Hologram oh, Moriarty. Yeah, yeah hologram. <laughs> They'll, there's two episodes of Hologram Moriarty and Hads has like 100% been like I gotta be on for those <laughs> <laughs> I have things to say about Moriarty and I'm excited like to hear the one is definitely better than the other yes, one though that's true. the first one is way good <laughs> the second one's like mm, uh, did we really need to- <laughs> uh, last questions if you had to be quarantined with a Star Trek character who do you think you'd get into a fight with the quickest Oh man, um, jeez. Like honestly, like maybe Kira. Because like, I would she say that would be the least. Per- I would. I think. I don't know, Josh. Be- I think she would get real redheaded at you about no nah, um, religion. She'd get real redheaded about. No, nah, I think we would just leave each other alone. That's you how redheads so? are. Yeah, I, I date you guys a, I'm dating a redhead. Yeah, <laughs> you're like Two- magnets that are facing the wrong way. Yeah, no, I think I think it would. I, honestly, I whenever I'm around of a, a redhead of the opposite sex of me, I it's fine. Everything's cool. Everything's chill. See, I think the religion thing would overwhelm the redhead thing. I think like yeah, maybe like it's it's all about like she like I would say something and she'd be like, oh, the prophets don't smile on that, and I'd be like, I don't believe in the prophets, and she'd be like, what? I think I would probably ignore it because she's very pretty. <laughs> she is gorgeous. I'm just I'm not even going to lie. Like I just be like, yeah, Prophet's cool. <laughs> Honestly, like the probably I just punch Quark eventually like Quark, he'd be trying be to like force yeah, me to give him money somehow constantly. He'd be up at like Two in the morning, counting his latinum, and be all like clinking away, you know. Clink, 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 well, here's, the, here's the thing about Quark: we're quarantined together, right? We're not supposed to go out, and nobody's yeah. supposed to come in. And I would come out of my bedroom every night, and there would be a hundred people in the living room gambling. Yeah, there. He'd also have like some Nausicaan come in and like to like make a deal with, and the guy would be like, "Dom jot human," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Dude, it's two a.m." It's quarantined. Go yeah, home. You all need to not be here. None of you are even wearing masks. What the I fuck? I know are you're you an doing? anarchist, but get the fuck out of here. Uh, who do you think would be best at keeping things clean? 
Huh. Uh, the robot ship <laughs> that does it for us. Yeah, that's true. I guess Data, since he's tireless, if, I, if his task yeah. was to clean, he would do it without complaining. He wouldn't even think about it. He'd just yeah. do it. So I guess yeah. Data. Data, um, I agree. It's For some reason, like, Ensign Kim strikes me as somebody who's incredibly fastidious. Like, he yeah. has to keep everything clean. Yeah, he would annoy me, I think, because he would play his clarinet, and the clarinet is, like, the worst instrument. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, Spock and Tuvok would also be very clean people, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, a clarinet. You mean, like, a less sexy saxophone? Oh, cool. That sounds like a great instrument that I want to hear. That's true. Hey, Josh, let's do an experiment with everybody at home. Okay. Uh, I, w- if, I want you to picture Yanni. The musical artist Yanni in your if head. If you don't know who he is, look him up. It, don't look him up because you'll see him. But oh. he's he's a musician who plays easy listening music. Yeah. Picture Yanni. Are you not now picturing Kenny G in your head? <laughs> uh, I'm not because I know who Yanni is. But I know who I, Yanni is too. I've seen him on there's TV. One key, there's one key difference that Yanni has that Kenny G doesn't, which is how my mind compartmentalizes them uh, okay like my mind yeah. doesn't it's like that's the same guy they have the same <laughs> hair like they're the same type of guy like right? I, I see kenny g in my brain when i think yeah. of yanni and like there are a bunch of people right now who are like okay grandpa i don't know did i ever people did i ever tell the yanni tape story that i i my mom had a yanni tape is that the story well <laughs> she had a yanni tape that she got from my grandfather and uh, at the end of the Yanni tape, he must have taped some Playboy Channel shit. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom's watching Yanni, right? And the tape ends, like the concert ends. Uh, Yanni, live at the Acropolis, I remember to this day. Uh, and there's fucking, like, Jenna Jameson, like, fucking some dude. I still remember the fucking scene. That's and my great. mom was like, what the hell? <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's so good. So to, we still talk about it. Whenever you want to like talk about like some awkward ass sex shit, just be like, "Oh yeah, Yanni." It's Yanni's like a code word. <laughs> uh, there's one last question. Uh, who do you think wouldn't wear a mask? Worf wouldn't wear a mask. He think yeah. he, would, he would think it would be dishonorable or whatever. Yeah. He like, might Quark though. Wouldn't wear a, Quark, Quark would only wear a mask when people would pay him money to be around him. Quark wouldn't wear a mask. He would sell them, though. Yes, he would for sure sell them. And they would have, like, his goofy face on it or some shit. <laughs> and they would be defective so that you'd have to come yep. back and get another one. They wouldn't really work, fast. yeah. They would be really bad, yeah. Um, Like, everybody else, I think, for the most part, would wear a mask. Like, Odo wouldn't, and he'd be like, I'm a goo person. He doesn't have to. It. He doesn't breathe. But then it he would doesn't. turn out he could, and he gets it, and everybody's <laughs> like, we should have just worn the mask. It's not yeah, that hard. So you don't even breathe. Exactly like real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, the email ends with "Wear a mask, everyone." Thanks and keep up the great content, Jake and Lily Coxon. Thank you. Thank guys. you, guys. We're, we love awesome. that you love the podcast. That's yeah. really cool. That's dope. And big shout out to Rich for making our podcast masterpiece theater. <laughs> Rich masterpiece theater. I keep telling him he needs to release all Copy of his right writing there. as masterpieces. <laughs> Masters pieces. Yeah. Uh, our next email is uh, from Tyler. 
And Tyler. it is entitled Joy to You Friends, The Peace of Landrew with You. <laughs> and it begins, <laughs> Jeff and Josh, just kidding, don't worry. I'm not of the body, but I'm definitely all about being on the body, wink. Whoa! Wink. That's a sex thing. That means intercourse. Penis inside of holes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just want to say thank you guys for an amazing podcast. Oh, thank you for listening. Thank you. I found you thanks to the Continue Show, and since it's obvious that Josh has checked out on that show... <laughs> oh, shit, what? Wow. I'm glad he could find work elsewhere. What the shit? <laughs> when have I ever checked out of anything? No, Josh is all in, baby. Only ever gotten fired, never checked out. That's true. I think he's just, he's trying to take the shit out of you. Trying to take yeah, the piss. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Also, Tyler. Thanks, <laughs> also, thanks to you guys, I was watching TOS for the first time after becoming a big TNG fan the last few years. You guys touched on it in an earlier episode, but I wanted to ask about the ensemble dynamic of TNG and Deep Space Nine versus the three main characters in TOS. Mm-hmm. Would you say you prefer the ensemble cast of later series to TOS's dynamic of Kirk, Spock, and Bones? I don't prefer either one. I think that they both work is great. I I don't have a preference. Yeah, I I have a preference for the ensemble cast if you're going to continue making Star Trek. Yeah. Like yeah. the ensemble cast only works if you have two three like incredibly strong characters right, to lay right. on. And like there's there's not really an ensemble cast in Enterprise for the most part. It's yeah, like, it's sort of the three of them. It's that formula. Yeah, and it's mostly two though. Yeah, like it's Archer and T'Pol, and, and like T'Pol. the third wheel is Trip, who has he's yeah. like nothing. He's a nothing character. Yeah, Trip's the third wheel, uh, and then everybody else kind of also kind of fills that role. Yeah, every that's now true. and then. Which is like, I mean, Enterprise works, but that's it is because of Archer and T'Pol. Yeah, it, they're the driving force. Um, does that make does that make for better ep- does that make for better episodes more often? I do think an ensemble cast does make for better episodes more often. Because yeah, because you, you have can more grow the universe. To, yeah, you have more characters to choose from to make stories work better. Right, right. It's just yeah, it's just uh, more opportunity. More like uh, roots, right? You're like if you're planting a tree, th- more roots are better than three roots. That's my analogy of the day. You're welcome. <laughs> Put that, get that tattooed on you, folks. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna want to remember that one. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna get it tattooed in like like Mandarin on my back. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you tell people what it means, they'll be like, "Oh, that's so deep." Is that an ancient yeah. Chinese pro- proverb? You're like, "No, I made it up on a podcast." Made it up on a podcast. Made it up on a podcast. <laughs> also, I had the guy write down "hot dog" after it in Mandarin. <laughs> I wonder if you'd have to like translate that directly, as in like "hot the temperature hot. dog the yeah. animal the animal." Yeah, maybe hot dog. <laughs> I'm near the end of season one, and I'm amazed at how often Bones' role in an episode boils down to him getting mad at Spock for not doing anything to save Kirk from any given situation. (laughs) It's true. That does happen a lot throughout the whole series. (laughs) Bones is all about, like, the heart, right? He's the heart of the ship. He's all about the emotion. You can't let him suffer. You gotta do something. And Spock is pure logic. Action. What's Uh, the id? Is he the id? Is that the ego? uh, He's the ego. Like, the id is 
McCoy because it's yeah. all about doing what you want when you want. When you want, yeah. The super ego is Spock. It's all about the rational, the logical, right. the like meeting needs but not exceeding the social dynamic. Right. Right. And Kirk is the middle point that controls both. He's the ego. Nice. So there's your your psychiatric lesson for We're today. Smart. Uh, anyway, the peace and contentment of Landrew be with you. Cadet Tyler of the starship, take a leak? <laughs> question mark? There is a question mark at the end. I'm going to look up what Landrew is real quick. Yeah, I don't know what that is. This is a reference I don't get. Yeah. Henry Desiree Landrew, the blue beard of Gombias who murdered at least seven women. What? In 1915. That can't be right. Is that? Oh, it's from the Return uh, of the Archons. Oh. Never mind. It's uh, a, okay. I do remember that now. Okay. Uh, we need to do that episode at some point. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the email, Tyler. Sorry I forgot about Star Trek. I don't know. I was, like, phoning it in halfway through yeah, that Yeah, he checked out on the email. <laughs> Are we watching the same continue show? He's fucking hilarious on there. Um, our next email is from Handsome Jack Carpenter. Oh my god. And it's entitled Another Sam Clemens Thing. Oh goody, I'm back for this one. Hey there, Tracksters. How y'all doing? Trek with your boys. Trek with your boys. <laughs> I know the answer's probably not great, but I feel like I gotta ask it anyway. <laughs> True. I'm sitting in an empty room surrounded by cardboard boxes, if that tells yeah, you anything. Jeff's, Jeff's having a little bit shittier of a time than I. I don't have to move, which is, thank fucking God. Jesus. It's day after tomorrow. I gotta get my shit together and move. Uh, like the movie Day After Tomorrow with the snow and all it's that? It's basically gonna be the same, I think. Damn, that's gonna be rough. Anyways, I have two things. First, I know this is like my fourth time talking to one of you about Josh's Mark Twain voice, but I was laughing my ass off the other day, the other day picturing Shania Twain as Mark Twain's ancestor. <laughs> I was imagining her songs being sung in Josh's Twain voice. I feel like a woman is now ten times better. <laughs> I don't even think I could sing that song. No. It's been 20 years since I've heard that song. Damn, I feel like a woman. Damn, I feel like a woman. <laughs> with boobies. Secondly, I was having a discussion with my friend about the Amazon Tolkien show and how I'm convinced it's going to suck. Uh, I don't know, though. Amazon's pretty decent. It's tough. It's, it could go either way, Well, the I thing guess. is, like, everything I've heard about it is they're making uh, original stories in the Tolkien world. Yeah. Which is scary. Uh, I'm less afraid of that. I would feel better if Netflix was doing it. I would feel yeah. better about it. The thing about Tolkien is, like, they did The Hobbit and they did The Lord of the Rings, and that's, like one third of all the shit he wrote about Middle yeah. Earth. It's just all the rest of it is so dense comparatively. It's a lot. Yeah. So they, they could do like the history of the elves, but I guess like the average person is like, show with elves. I don't give a shit about that. Where's the right. people? Right. I like I don't know, maybe I'm riding that Mandalorian high where I'm like, oh man, people who actually give a shit about Star Wars are making it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, like, I, you know, I, I don't know who's doing the the Lord of the Rings stuff for Amazon. I don't know. I just hope it's good. I don't know. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Netflix not, would be better. I'm not really They're afraid. Better. I'm not really like super afraid of it because like very much in the same like vein as Star Trek. Like I have the Lord of the Rings extended edition, which I'm right. going to watch for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I'm like here's how butthurt I am about. Netflix not having the extended edition, and and now HBO Max also doesn't have it, and it's yeah, like, what are you doing? What are you even doing? Exactly, what are you fucking wasting your time putting the not extended edition up? Are you like, fucking out of your mind? There was a version before the extended edition that we had to watch because that's yeah. all we had. Now but we now got we the have an extended editions. Yeah, give me that sweet six hour long Return of the King. Come yeah. on, fuck yeah. I want to see every goddamn thing that ever happened that you shot with that shit. Absolutely. Like, I... The Lord of the Rings is, like, one of the things I love the absolute most in the world. Yeah. It's and so good. It's so if good. They, if they were, like, we have an extended extended edition that actually yeah. has, like, ten hours more content of them just yep. standing around talking, I'd be, like, fucking inject it Hell into yeah. my veins. Hell yes. That's the new normal one. Give it to me. Yes, exactly. You have to put away a month to watch it now. Here's how good The Lord of the Rings is. The Lord of the Rings is so good that I will watch The Hobbit because it has something to do with Yeah, exactly. I feel the same exact way. And those movies suck. Yeah, it's it's bad when, like, there's an animated version of The Hobbit, the Rankin Bass animated version of The Hobbit, that leaves out 90% of the book, and it's still better than the trilogy of better. (laughs) Well, the new movies uh, throw in uh, 190% more random shit that never happens. It's true. It's true. (laughs) As a self-admitted Tolkien worshiper and fanatic, I could talk about that for hours, and I'm always down to, but my main takeaway from it is this. If it sucks, I'll be bummed about it, but I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist. Yep. I, I know you've said some... Uh, I know y'all... What's with all the y'alls? People say y'all. <laughs> I know y'all have said that about some of the new Trek, and I feel the same way. My approach in recent years to stuff is to, to let others enjoy it, but not count it as canon personally. Yeah. New Trek, new Star Wars, and likely new Tolkien aren't official in my book, but others can go right ahead and have fun with it. I feel like Star Trek, uh, I kind of, in my mind, picture it as like a hurricane. Like, we're hiding inside, Jeff and I, in the closet, waiting for the hurricane to go by. (laughs) And one day, somebody will make Star Trek good, and we'll come out and be like, yeah, all right, we survived. (laughs) That's what it feels like. I'm still, like, there, there are two Jeffs, right? Like, uh, there's the hermit Jeff. Mm, Let's use some tarot card analogies, (laughs) since that's hot these days, right? There's the there's the hermit Jeff who's jaded as fuck and knows that things are going to be bad ahead of time, and yeah, because like you can tell when something's going to be bad. Picard was never going to be good. And like, like, let's be honest, he lives up on his mountain and he watches all of his old Star Trek by himself. Yeah, he's happy that way. He doesn't touch the new stuff. But then there's the fool. Jeff, who sees that there's a new season of Discovery coming out, and he's whispering in the hermit's ear, hey, it took TNG three seasons to get good. Right. Right. And uh, that's the one that's going to be illegally downloading episodes of (laughs) Discovery to give him a chance. I have Prime. Maybe he'll give you my code. I mean... Maybe you'll come over. Wink, wink. <laughs> I guess I could. I'm like an hour. I'm like 
gonna move like two hours away from you? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little farther away than. Yeah, I did it to where you live, not to Philly. Yeah. So it's like an hour forty-five from where, it's I pretty, to where you is, live. Yeah, it's yeah, it's about that. Um, don't worry, Josh. I'm not coming over. Jesus. No, no. Uh, I just mean. I just mean like. <laughs> Everyone assumes like it's Philly, right? But I'm I'm I no. live in fucking middle of nowhere. No, um, I find it way easier to just approach it that way rather than argue with others about it. It saves me a big headache. Anyway, sorry for the rant. Just feel like you could relate. Thanks as always, bros. Commander Jack Carpenter, Senior of the USS Virginia. Yeah, I feel we that way. Relate. We do relate. Yeah, I, I don't really argue with. Pe- I, I I guess people kind of tend to think I do, but. Well, and they, I do they listen the to show. your podcast where you say your opinions right. and they take it as you arguing with them. Right. And it, right. Uh, like, I don't do that shit, like, online. I don't even comment about that no. shit. Like, uh-uh. I'm fine with people liking stuff I don't like. I've never had a problem with that. There, yeah. There's just so many people who aren't fine with me not liking what they like. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I, I've never sought out anyone to ever argue with about liking and not liking something. At the end of the day, that's not really what's important, you know? Right. Right. Um... I still, the fool Jeff still is hoping that Star Trek gets good again. For me. Because, I mean, people love the new Star Trek because they they want, like, action movie schlock Star Trek. Right. And that's fine if that's what they want, but that's, like, it bums, the only reason it bums me out is because Star Trek was, like, the last bastion of actual sci-fi. Well, here's what my hope, and, and I hope that this happens. I think... Like in like in cycles or waves like poetry, it, it people it, are gonna it rhymes. It rhymes. People are gonna get sick. Like somebody out there is gonna get tired of m- making that Star Trek, and they're gonna be like, "Well, like I'm gonna go like maybe not even consciously go back to like the you know courtroom uh, X Files the Twilight Zone Star Trek." Like yeah. that's. I mean, that's that sort of happen. the idea behind the Brave New Worlds thing, where they're like, yeah. look, you fucking hyper nerds, we're gonna give you what you want, stop complaining. <laughs> uh, here's hoping it's actually what us hyper yeah. nerds want. Hell yeah. Um, it's it's funny, like, I have a friend who absolutely hates Star Trek. He thinks it's the most boring shit that there ever was, and he's like, but I do like those m- new movies. And that's who they, they make Star Trek for. <laughs> That's who they make Star Trek for now, is those people who hate old Star Trek. But they but don't even make movies. Star Trek. They're not even, like, make... I mean, I know there's, like, a big push with, like, uh, fucking Lower Decks and, like, all... Like, there's a bunch of sh- yeah, stuff coming out. Yeah, there's two cartoons coming out. They're doing a new season of, uh... Discovery. Discovery. They're doing that Brave New Worlds. Or yeah. Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds, yeah. They're, uh... I think there's even another series after that that they're talking about doing. So they're right. we're really going into like Star Wars. Let's milk the franchise as hard as we can. Which yeah, at least they don't. At least like w- when Star Wars does that, you get a few things that are really good. So I'm hoping that's what happens. Especially with like Favreau and Filoni, man. Yeah, those dudes. Fa- Dave Filoni is the best thing I've ever seen. They Wars. get He's, Star Wars in a way that he, a lot of the other people involved don't. He's like George Lucas without the crazy it's <laughs> it's great it's great yeah i have i have hope for strange new worlds a little bit like more than i do for discovery season three it's 
Yeah, I'm checked out of this guy. I don't care. I know they're like, doing Picard season two for sure, and I I don't foresee myself watching that one. I I won't watch season one. <laughs> Knowing like, like what I've I know, a, like I I've said a million times, there are parts in season one that I like, like little parts I can take here or there that I like. But overall, I really yeah. didn't care for it. Yeah, but is there a ninja bike fight with a sword? No. Did he make it back no. to Philly yet? <laughs> uh, I didn't hear him. He's, he probably went somewhere else. Was that in the other podcast? <laughs> no, it was in this one. Okay. Okay, we've got some continuity problems in the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> I think it was. Um, our next email is from Metroid Mike. Metroid Mike. I assume it's Mike. It's M-Y-K. I think it's Mike. Okay. Uh, it's entitled, A Heartfelt Thank You. Hmm. Oh. What's up, Trek Boys? Trek Boys. It's when someone from Sweden loves Trek Boys. Um, <laughs> Metroid Mike here with a sincere thank you. If this is too mushy and you don't want it in the episode, that's okay. No, we fucking love mushy, man. I'm not editing shit. Just say <laughs> Recently joining your Patreon was a wonderful decision. It's full of the most... F- uh, the Discord is full of the most funny people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Plus, I get to hear... <laughs> Yakub's dreamy, creamy, smooth voice. Wow. So, like, you know, that's dope. <laughs> so I got that going for me. So I've been sub to continue for about nine years, and I hoped I hopped on the fantasy fiction train early. It impacted me so hard that I reworked my entire music career to be able to tell stories like that for a live audience with a band. Hell yeah, that's uh, awesome. When Josh said we take payment in swords, I was doing amateur blacksmithing for funs with, with friends. That's Dude, you're, are you like me in a different timeline? <laughs> I tried to make a short sword and ended up getting the forge too hot and it melted out the bottom and burned the shed down. That's a nice. real ass story. That's the most fucking metal ass shit I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, I was making swords, I burned my fucking house down. Fuck yeah, dog. Burn your house down I don't even care because I got sword. a sword. <laughs> you get to take another house. I could just sword. go get another one. <laughs> I met Josh at MAGFest a couple of times. I gave him a copy of my first album. The next time we met, it was he drew a giant hand turkey on my friend's shirt. I believe my friend framed it. Oh, yeah, I do remember the hand turkey. This was a while ago. That's great. Damn. Uh, when I hopped onto M-Class, I was introduced to Jeff, who, my God, is one of the funniest guys I've ever listened to. Hell yeah. Oh, shit, man. Thank you. Hell yeah. That's why I just, like, phone it in and Jeff just carries me. <laughs> he really has checked out lately. I'm, I'm pretty M-class. checked out. I'm pretty fucking checked out. <laughs> Also, he's a rad dude to talk with. Hope I get to have more chats with that guy. Man, thank you. That's, that's really awesome. That's really nice of you. Thank you. We're getting our dick sucked today. This yeah, is great. I'm really loving it. Uh, going through all of Star Trek has been a blast. I find Data super relatable. As a man with autism, I frequently feel like I'm always just kind of out of the loop or don't get the joke. So in the episode The Outrageous Okona, Data is trying to learn humor and is exploring that concept. Yeah. It was super relatable to see someone on a, t- a television show in a roundabout way explain what having autism feels like. We've actually had a couple people write in before about feeling that sort of connection with Data. Yeah. Because they're like on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah, like, it's cool. I feel like Data really had an impact for people in that way, yeah. so that's really cool. Uh, so from the bottom of my heart, I thank you both for the art you both put out. It honestly changed my music, my outlook in life, and my humor. Hell yeah. 
Damn. Keep making swords, dude. That's fucking rad. <laughs> Thank that ma- that makes my day, seriously. Uh remember, always do them dirty in front of their dads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Commander Metroid Mike of the USS, I swear there wasn't as many goblins on this ship when we left the docking port. Our captain <laughs> is Lurts now? <laughs> Side Metroid Mike, chiptunes for autism. Thank you. Hell man. yeah. That's, That's rad. Awesome. I think you can find him on Twitter at, at Metroid Mike as well yeah. if you want to check out the music. Yeah, I can, I can see his icon in my brain. And, his uh, picture. Yeah, he does respond to things that like I post a lot. And here's yeah. the thing, like that means the fucking world to me when people yeah. like actually comment on the work I make. I love that more than anything. Yeah, that helps you. That fuels you, right? Absolutely. You. Like I love, I like likes. I love retweets. Yeah. I fucking absolutely love beyond all else comments on stuff I make. So thank yeah. you, Metroid Mike, for that, and thank you for being so into our show. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next email is from uh, Daruma. Daruma, and it's entitled uh, "Son of Moog, Look to the Sky, Lift Your Bat, Let's Set It Free," which is a parody of a song I don't remember the tune to. I'm gonna pretend I do. Oh yeah, I totally know that. So uh, <laughs> what's up, Trek boys? <laughs> This episode really chapped my ass the first time I saw it. <laughs> and since I've been trying to come up with a collection that I can include it in, that I can include it in. Unfortunately, putting forth a genocide collection probably <laughs> wouldn't go over too well. I, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know if I would call this genocide. No, probably not. Uh, it's a good thing that handsome that that handsome motherfucker, Rich Masters was clever enough to come up with a way to sneak this one into a not-horrific collection. (laughs) But anyway, did Bluebeard and Ronald D. Moore sit down in a boardroom and say, hey, you know what would make a great episode? If Odo murdered himself and 8,000 people. (laughs) Jesus. Like, am I just supposed to be okay with Odo completely erasing the world's most adorable baby from existence just because he wanted to get his his dick wet? Turk? No, you're not supposed to be okay with it. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. You're not supposed to be... There's not supposed to be any okayness. No, this is supposed to make you... In the long run, this is supposed to be one of the first seeds of making you doubt Odo is on the right side. Yeah, yes, yes. Because, like, Odo's whole thing where he flirts with, the fa- with like, becoming a founder and everything, this yeah. is, like, the first little seeds of that. Yeah, he's... Yeah, exactly. Look, I get it. Kira's a smoke show. But that sad sack Odo just blue-balled himself for 200 years and was like, eh, fuck it. I've wasted my entire life pining for this dead woman. May as well die so maybe another me could get some puss? (laughs) (laughs) And the worst part is the entire crew was willing to throw away their lives just to make sure this civilization would live on, which is the most Starfleet-ass shit. But this fucking goober incel had to go wow. and ruin it. <laughs> goober. <laughs> Pretty sure that's racist. Uh, that's their word. You cannot use that word. <laughs> that's not okay. Odo sucks. Worf should have killed his descendants. They were cool as hell and deserved better. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
That's such a strange sentence. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I, I, you're not. I, I think it's it's like looking at art that makes you uncomfortable, right? Like that's the point. Yeah. Right? Anyway, enough with my ranting. Something, something. Give Jeff and Josh money and come hang out on the Discord. Fuck yeah. <laughs> And then there is a uh, screen cap of Professor Farnsworth saying, If anyone needs me, I'll be in the angry dome. <laughs> and he just walks around in the dome and he's like, <laughs> Dude. Signed, Aaron Damrow, captain of the USS Shenandoah B. What happened to the A? I'm guessing he blew it up in rage. <laughs> Damn. Our next email is from Dogfort. Great name. Dogfort. And it's it's entitled John Larroquette Fun Fact, which is good because we didn't have one in the episode. Shit, we didn't remember it. Hello, Trek boys. Trek boys. Trek boys. Trek, Trek boys. Trek, Trek boys. And fellow listeners, I've got a random John Larroquette fact. How interesting! Oh, he was featured in an episode of Futurama. What? Well, not so much him, his but his spine, spine was. Yeah. Bender now no one can up. say I never owned John Larroquette's spine. <laughs> Bender digs it up in one of those sad Sharama episodes where Fry founds out, finds out about his nephew that is named after him. Yep. That is a fun fact. I forgot about that. I love that one. That's a good one. So how about we talk about some dogs again? <laughs> my okay. my Ferengi dog hybrid is for sure a mutt. So I join you guys on the mutt train. She's also a rescue, sweet old girl. What makes your dog a Ferengi? Oh, yeah, because the Umox. I remember. Oh, the Umox. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great job with the show, guys. I look forward to it every week. Signed, Dogfort. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you, Dogfort. Thank you for being shelter for those poor dogs. Yep. Yep. Our next email is from Yakub, and it is entitled, I Hate It When... And it begins. Mm, me too. The toilet paper doesn't rip evenly across the perforation and catches the next piece, leaving that useless strip of dangly ass paper. Not only the current portion of ass cloth is compromised, the next one is going to have its absorption compromised because its surface is inadequate for the amount of porcelain deposit. What I are mean, your bathroom pet peeves? I don't care. I guess it all depends on how you wipe, right? Sure. Like, do you fold or do you clump? I guess right? I fold and then clump. There's yeah, you could I I think it's situational. Like there's there's definitely uses for both. Like True. Tell clumping, everybody how you how you wipe your asshole. Clumping is for when you're in the middle of a disaster. Oh, true. True. <laughs> and you got to throw the kitchen sink at it, right? True. But but folding is the ideal. I don't that doesn't bother me. I don't care about it's all gonna. I'm using it to wipe shit off my butthole. So like, yeah. what do I care, right? Just, like, I just love that Jakub was like dancing around the subject, like porcelain deposit, like yeah. everything. And I was like, so tell everybody how you wipe your asshole, Josh. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, look, we all shit. Like, I'm not gonna yeah, pretend like I don't does shit. It. Like, come on. What's your bathroom pet peeve? Uh, getting when I, okay. So at night, I wash my face and brush my teeth. And I, I, like, leave the soap on my face to do its thing, right? Mm -hmm. While I'm brushing my teeth. And sure. then I get the soap in my eyes, and it burns like shit. 
And then I have like mouthwash in my mouth, so you got to leave it in there for like a minute. Yeah, you so need I'm like no more tears shampoo, buddy. So I'm like <laughs> blind and I can't breathe because I'm like got shit in my mouth and I can't breathe through my nose. That bothers you me. You weirdly manufactured this like bathroom torture situation. For yeah, yourself. it's my nighttime torture situation. I waterboard myself at night, and then I go to sleep. <laughs> I guess the thing that really bothers me is, like, the bathroom in this apartment that I'm ditching on Friday. Fuck yeah. Not pitching, I'm ditching it, is uh, <laughs> there's no air conditioning floor. in it. <laughs> well, there wasn't a floor for a while. That was a that was a little bit of a pet peeve. A little bit. Yeah, so it's hot. It's hot in your bathroom. Yeah, it's unbelievably hot in there all the time. Like, we had to yeah. get this tiny little fan that... I have to have in the bathroom to keep it from like burning the hell out of me when I'm in there. I remember when I used to live at my old house, we had a swimming pool and there was a bathroom in the garage mm. and that was the bathroom that if people were over, they would use that if they were in the pool. Cause it didn't matter if he got wet or what, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, You're not yeah. tramping through the house. And I remember that bathroom being so fucking hot in the summertime, and you're like sitting, and it had one of those toilet seats from the '80s that were like that, like weird vinyl. Oh yeah, you know? they like with the plush. cushion. Ugh. Yeah, and it your ass would just like stick to it because it was so fucking hot. Ugh. Ugh. Like I hate a hot bathroom, man. Like when I'm doing my business, it's got to be a cool degree in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it's hot, it it's dude. It just makes you feel. It's dirty. It makes you not want to go. Yeah. Stop being hot. I can't go. I can't poop when it's hot. Uh, Yours writing from the captain's bathroom, Ensign of Sciences, Yakub of the USS Lavatory Laboratory. (laughs) What are you experimenting with? It's scary. (laughs) Our next to last email of the evening is from David Double A. Like the battery. Sure. Who keeps... Oh, I get it. I get the idea. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll find out while he's why he's David Double A by the end okay, of this okay. email, I promise you. All right. It's entitled Message Through Time. And again, okay. it has to be Southern. Again? Holy trick, boys. Hallowed be thy dune buggies. Please <laughs> hear my message. I send this from the future, where your recordings are akin to holy texts, and we follow all your commandments. Uh, That doesn't surprise me, considering all the praise we got today. Yeah. One, live. Two, laugh. Three, (laughs) eat. Four, pray. Five, love. Six, totally real giant wieners. (laughs) Seven, bobelum. Eight, shirt it. And mm-hmm. nine, go to patreon.com slash podcast and for just a dollar, <laughs> get access to the Discord and other bonus content. And ten, walk with your boys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I didn't either, shit. Trek with your boys. My ancestor, David S., left his descendants, David T. through Z., only stories and an accent. <laughs> That's how descendants work. That's how last names work. Yeah. If what? I have a son, his last name will be Josh. What comes after H I? Josh Yenderson. One story, however, was of a strange message read on an episode that said to definitely delete your browser history. 
and then ask the Trek boys in their omnipeened wisdom, <laughs> what do you hope to pass on to future generations, and why is it Klingon spear through hoop game? <laughs> Thank you, holiest of boys, for your time. May we all walk with you. <laughs> Piously yours, David A, junior priest at the Baidong Temple on the Dune Buggy Planet. <laughs> Holy fuck. If, if anyone, if this is their first episode listening to emails, that sounded like schizophrenic ramblings. Yeah, they were like, what the fuck what is this? What is this? What is this? It's, I think about that all the time. Like when we like do, we don't do very many running jokes. We usually yeah. move on to a new joke after a couple episodes, right? But there are some jokes that we've done forever that people have to be like, "What the fuck are they talking? What about? are they talking about?" <laughs> uh, you know what? Thank you for that email, David Double A. Yeah. Uh, may you always walk with your boys. Walk with your boys. So what? And also with you. What would you? And also with you. <laughs> what do you hope to pass on to future generations, Josh? Oh man, that's like a ridiculous question. That's and like your omnipeened wisdom. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, just like empathy, I guess. Just like be cool. Be cool, G. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. And party on, dude. Party on, dude. Rufus! Is it is it humanly possible to say those two lines together and not put one hand over your heart and one and hand one up in hand the up. air proclaiming? Well, it's like the statues, right? That's their statues? Don't they have them? Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Dude. In time. God, I fucking love that movie. That is such a good... We're the Bill and Ted of podcasting. I've always said that. Yes. (laughs) That's actually true. Uh, But we're stupider somehow? Somehow. We're way older than they are. Well, no, they're older than us canonically now in the new one. Yeah, in the new one, yeah. That, uh, I want, I'm going to get real. Let's have a moment of getting real with Jeff, getting real. I want to make comic books that people are going to be reading. Yeah. In the future. I want them to be like, when people talk about like comic book creators of the past, they're like, ah, fucking like Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, when they talk Mm -hmm. about writers and, or artists, and when they talk about like, you know, like Stan Lee and Sal Buscema and like all the these Watchmen guy, Alan Moore. I Alan don't want to be like Alan Moore. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to be like Neil Gaiman. You could be like Alan Moore if you just do like a shitload of LSD. Like if I make a lot of really good comics and then I spend the rest of my life being a giant asshole that yeah. everyone ever speaks to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. I want to be a comic book man, and I want people in the future to be like, read these cool comics. Who the fuck was Jeff Pennington? I don't know. He made cool comics. That's awesome. What about you, Josh? Do you want people to look back on your... Uh, I don't want to be a comic book guy. Well, no. Do you want people Not that to look back any... on your, like, your, like, wide breadth of, like, internet comedy stuff and be like, man, this guy was the fucking king. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I kind of want to be like this wandering Ronin of like things, you know? Because like we're in like the wild west of times anyway. True. True. 
uh yeah i don't i i mean i guess i i would hope people think back uh on me like fondly i, I don't know i can't it's not really me to say though like i think you can go nuts i think you can go crazy thinking about that well, given your lifestyle, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live longer than you. So I'll look back on you. <laughs> My <fondly>. lifestyle? <laughs> What's that mean? I'll look back on you fondly. <laughs> All that look, shit ton of LSD you're taking to try and I'm, be like Alan Moore. <laughs> look, I'm trying to quit doing all the LSD. All right, I'm sorry. It's fine. You'll but also, it. maybe I need to do more. <laughs> I forget how it works with you. It's either more LSD or less. <laughs> I have, like, this, like, persona of being a fucking lunatic, which I guess is kind of cool. Yeah, you're not a lunatic, is the thing. I do fucking feed into it sometimes, the comments I think like I'm that. a lunatic <laughs> compared to, like, normies, though, right? Fucking like gross normies, bleh. A lot of people are probably think I'm crazy, because, like, normal people wouldn't think or do that stuff. But, I, yeah, I don't know, I'm not that weird. No. He doesn't I'm just actually honest take a about being LSD. weird. It doesn't actually happen. No, I don't. Um, I I hope that like the stuff that Josh and I make together at least like leaves an impression on people because I don't think podcasts are the type of media that's gonna like last. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's I just tough hope that like say. our stuff has an impression on people and maybe like maybe like Josh said like we can preach empathy and like maybe people will like tag onto it a little bit more if we just put some out there maybe it'll push the universe a little bit toward that curve. Who knows? Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Drink some big glass us. of LSD. <laughs> That's how you I, take it, right? Thanks for getting us like weirdly introspective on the podcast. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about butts. <laughs> well, our last email is definitely going to take us to a different place, and boy is it going to make us run over our time because it's a Shit. rich master's email. Uh, Oh, <laughs> and it is uh, it is entitled "Are You Sitting Comfortably?" So, oh God, what does that mean? Howdy doodly, Trek boodlies! Wow, it's this me. Sounds Rich. like him. It's me, Rich, sitting by a hologram of a roaring fire with my smoking jacket in my wingback <laughs> chair, smoking my pipe full of that dank, mind-altering Red Alert Reef that I stole from the Botany <laughs> Red Division. Red Alert Reef. <laughs> Shit, man. (laughs) That mind-altering red alert reef that I stole from the botany division on the Daystrom Institute. Yo, they they bred that strain with some of that shit that bites Riker on the ankle and makes him die. (laughs) That shit'll fucking kill you, literally. If you fucking do... If you smoke the whole thing yourself, you die. That's like... You're gonna see some shit. You're gonna see a flashback episode of your life. And it's only season two? That's fucking full-on the M-Class version of, like, the clip show. We just smoke some Red Alert Reef and it flashes before our eyes. What's that you say? Story time, you say. Now you say. Well, youngsters, let me put this book, How to Be Super Fucking Rad and Do a 1080 while everybody cheers and chants your name, even though that one dude, Brian, is pronouncing it wrong on purpose. (laughs) Brian, I bite my thumb at thee, Brian. Back on the shelf. And pick up this one I wrote this week. I call it this one I wrote this week. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All snuggled in and got your blankies and your cocoa? 
Yeah, it's like 97 degrees here, dude. Yeah, it's 3.20 p.m., dude. I mean... It's <laughs> 3.20 somewhere. Just, Josh, stop touching yourself. It's not that sort of story. I mean... No, no, it? don't you start touching him instead, Jeff. That's not what I meant. Look, deal with this story or not. You know how I know that Rich is a dad? <laughs> He's yelling at us like we're children. <laughs> Good, then I'll begin. Quick aside, this season of TNG won't be a season in the strictest sense. It'll be an anthology of episodes that'll jump around in time, mainly because I'm too lazy to sort out the chronology, though I will specify where it happens in the timeline if it's important to the story. Laziness is the ultimate innovator. I called it a season last time even though he never mentioned it in the email and he was on the discord like oh shit what is jeff yeah we signed him (laughs) up for the whole thing yeah so this is not a season this is just a bunch of episodes he's gonna be doing yeah maybe not a bunch i won't say a bunch right he heard that at least a season's worth of a bunch (laughs) (laughs) he heard me say a bunch and his butthole was like (laughs) (laughs) okay let's do this fuck yeah the Enterprise E is in orbit around Nephron, a civilian-owned Starfleet-friendly starbase. Picard sits in his ready room, getting chewed out by Admiral Bitchayev. Damn, Bitchayev. I changed that. that. He said Nechayev, but we all know a real name. We know what it is. He explains that the Enterprise E is only four weeks out of space dock, and they couldn't have foreseen such a catastrophic systems failure so early after launch. Nechayev is as understanding as always, and says it's a shame their chief engineer, or genius android, couldn't spot the signs of critical computer core error. What? Picard insists that they did spot it in time to get repairs and avoid loss of life, and that is the thing they should be focusing on. The repairs will only take two days. Necheyev warns that it better. Whoa! Because the Enterprise is needed on the Klingon border, the fight is a tense one, and the fleet needs the flagship. Shit. Geordi bumps into Riker on his way to the transporter room. Will is evacuating the rest of the crew so that the ship can undergo a full diagnostic of all systems. Are they going to do that laser beam x-ray scan? And is Picard going to have to go get his saddle again? (laughs) (laughs) Jordy's stressed out. The first flight of his new Sovereign-class ship has not been a smooth one. Riker's supportive to his friend, asking what he needs. Jordy tells his CEO that he has the specialist engineering team of Reg Barkley and Ensign's (laughs) Torek and Leffler ready to do the full restart of the computer core. He doesn't need Fucking anyone else. Leffler. Torek and Leffler from the Lower Decks crew, right? Yeah. Is this I about me so. adding data to the team, Riker asks, surprised? Surely it'd be beneficial having him along. He'd be my second choice as a diag- diagnostician after you. Jordy looks awkward for a second, then guides Riker down a less busy corridor. He confides that after the decision to permanently install his emotion chip, Data has been different. Sometimes inappropriately happy. Not like walking around engineering with a raging boner or anything, but you know, weird. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes bordering on the cruel with his critical comments. Damn. Riker says that Data warned it would be an adjustment, that he might change. It's up to them to support him and see him back to normal, or embrace this new normal. Plus, it's an order. Jordy <laughs> reluctantly agrees, turning and heading back towards engineering. Title, Deep Mind. Oh, yeah. 
The Enterprise sets power down in the space dock, and Troy and Beverly look out the window of the station oh at their ship. He does it every time. <laughs> I can never get used to it, says Beverly. Troy says she understands. Seeing their home blacked out is unsettling. No, Beverly says. The Enterprise E. It's like a new house I didn't get to choose. Did you have to crash the last one? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Troy laughs, telling the doctor that she could have stayed in the drive section if she wanted to. (laughs) Picard gives the two ladies a look. They should be paying attention. A tour of Nephron is something to pay attention to. (laughs) The administrator explains that the station is run by a mechanical deep mind that operates by artificial swarm intelligence. The best and brightest engineering minds were stationed in this think tank for three years, and the computer has become an amalgam. Amalgam? Amalgam. It become an amalgam of their combined intelligence. Oh, the station, this is a disaster waiting to happen. No doubt. The station could effectively run operations on its own. Sensing the crew's misgivings, the administrator explains, Nothing like the Borg, I assure you. Or the exocomps, or the n- hundred other times this has happened. Yeah, or the fucking computer aboard the TOS when they put the fucking yeah. hive mind computer on it. Yeah. This is what you people might call a smart encyclopedia. Hmm. Also, uh, there were comics in the 90s called Amalgam Comics, and yeah. it had a little guide in the back of how to pronounce it, and it said how to pronounce it wrong. How to pronounce it wrong? It had, I mean, I've only, it, it I've only ever heard that you were supposed amalgam. to pronounce it Amalgam. And Maybe then, that's how the British In a later it. issue, it said... That it was wrong. It was Amalgam, but I'd already learned Amalgam by that point. Wow. Thanks a lot, Amalgam Comics. Thanks, Marvel and DC. (laughs) On the Enterprise, Data has already begun as the others arrive to start their work shift. Jordy starts issuing duty commands only for Data to confirm he's done the majority of the initial work already. An annoyed Jordy reassigns his crew to Phase 2 and instructs Data to focus only on the primary diagnostics. Data goes to argue, but doesn't, instructing Jordy pedantically of every move he is making as he shuts down the computer core's safety protocols and defenses. What a Maybe this is why the ship is fucked up. Yeah, maybe it's because they got a fucking android baby on board. <laughs> the administrator Shit. on Nephron hosts a dinner for the Enterprise senior crew and asks Lieutenant Hawk what he thinks of the station. Ah, Hawk's back. <laughs> That's like the new... Ah, Hawk's back. <laughs> Hawk's not dead yet. Cool. Uh, Hawk is a fan, but admits that he feels the same way about all stations. They're far too still for his liking. Mm. After the dinner is finished, the crew retire to their rooms. Riker checks in with Jordy over the comms, and Jordy barely hides his anger, saying that they're on track and are starting to reinitialize the main computer. Riker logs off, but notices the comm panel reactivating once he leaves. Shit. Jordy calls the work day done because LaForges just want to have fun. <laughs> but <laughs> oh fuck! But Data is plugged into the main computer. Reg asks what Data is asks Data what he's doing, but Data merely tells him to hold on while he finishes. Jordy, furious now, demands Data stop and give an update. When Data refuses, Jordy goes to a panel to find that Data has jumped ahead again as doing work that he hasn't been instructed to do. Damn, Data. Data's work has now overwritten some of the work Leffler and Torek have been completing, meaning that they will have to make up another hour of work tomorrow. 
Jordy dismisses everyone, but asks Data to stay behind. Oh. Jordy, uh, you gotta go to the principal's office. <laughs> Jordy confronts him, telling Data that he's in charge of this operation. Data starts to protest, saying that he's the second officer on the starship, and he knows mm. a million times more than the engineer does. Wow, Data's being an asshole. Yeah, no doubt. But Jordy cuts him off. Here, in engineering, he's the first, second, third, and fourth officer. He's in charge, and he's the chief engineer. And if his friend can't understand that, then he can go down to the station and wait with the rest of the crew. Bitch, you got told? Data, Bitch, you got told? <laughs> Data is vicious and says Jordy sees him as a tool to be used rather than an individual. It's lore! A shocked Jordy says that he's Data's friend, but not for much longer if he keeps acting like this. It's fucking lore. He leaves Data to think on that, and as Jordy is leaving, Data is incapacitated by something. He what? tries to disconnect from the computer, but can't. His final words are a whispered Jordy before he deactivates. What? In the morning, the crew on Nephron wake but cannot leave their rooms. Oh, gee. Oh, who would have known? The comms are working, but the station is dead. Picard instructs his bridge crew to find a way out of the room. Well, the Enterprise was hooked up to the station. Data hooked up to the Enterprise. His emotion chip fucked up the station. Fucked the station up, right. This is why you never attach Data to the computer. Yeah, why are you putting Data into computer? Stop. Jordy assembles the team over breakfast, but Data is not present because he's dead. Dead. Leffler is diplomatically annoyed, complaining that this is unacceptable. Reg is slightly more cautious, and Torek lets logic dictate his words. Shit's fucked. Nah. <laughs> he says that if the commander keeps circumventing them, he's going to jeopardize the whole project. Damn. Jordy promises to talk to him, but suddenly the ship starts powering up and then starts moving. What? When they arrive at engineering, Data is tethered to the computer with even more connections, and the blast doors are down. Shit. Ooh, shit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm yawning because I'm sleepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> when Jordy tries to override the doors, the computer, in Data's voice, warns him against it. Ignoring the threat, Jordy tries to cut all power to the warp core, only for Data to flood engineering with anesthetine gas and force oh the team away. Also, the more I talk, the more I yawn. That makes emails very difficult. Yeah, well, it's because you're not breathing. Because you're yeah, talking. It's true. <gasps> Back on the station. <laughs> Lieutenant Hawk, Dr. Crusher, and Commander Riker are able to open a door and get Picard out of his room, only have to report to him that the ship is left without them. What? An annoyed Picard (laughs) gives the order to open Troy's door next, and then the administrators. The team go to work quickly, Geordi wanting options of how to circumvent Data's control. Barkley suggests the fail-safes installed after Data took control of the Enterprise when Dr. Soong recalled him. Barkley quickly finds the fail-safe subroutines and activates them, but they simply don't work. It doesn't make sense. The administrator admits after pressure from Picard and Troy that the hive mind has been evolving at a rapid rate lately. Oh, here we go. Here we go. That it seemed to anticipate need before one was required. 
a sure uh, sign that your swarm intelligence is becoming something more than you planned. Here's a good uh, rule of thumb. Anything called swarm blank. Not good. Not gonna be good. Not good. Uh, the administrator tries to reactivate Nephron only for his engineers to tell him that the program is completely gone from their systems. Mm. Looks like your program has a penchant for starship theft, says Picard. <laughs> That bitch has got five stars, man. Jordy is completely baffled. The failure should have cut Data's connection from the computer. Unless, muses Jordy, it's not Data that's pulling the strings, that he's simply a conduit for something else. Jordy asks Barkley to stop all diagnostics on the computer and run one on Data instead, but Data electrocutes Reg through the panel. What? The Data in the computer warns the others that while he doesn't want to hurt them, he cannot allow him them to stop him, and he will use lethal force if necessary. What? Once Reg is put in stasis in sickbay to await later treatment, Jordy asks for ideas. Leffler suggests that they shut down all power simultaneously by undoing the work they've done on the computer core. Jordy's concerned that might kill Data, but takes this situation under advisement. Hmm. Torix suggests they instead overload the warp emitters and try to pull the ship out of warp. Both suggestions give Jordy an even better idea. If they shut down all smaller systems connected to the warp drive slowly, venting reactor coolant, intermix ratios, emitters, Data will be too distracted by the cascade failure to keep the ship running. Yeah, keep them busy. I uh, lost my place, shit. With his attention spread so thin, Jordy might be able to cut off life support to engineering. With the computer detecting a life sign in there, even if it's Data, the blast doors will open to allow escape. Shit. Picard and the administrator argue over the moral justification of keeping a sentient machine mind tethered to make things easy, saying that others have tried and failed to enslave species to service them. Mm -hmm. But the administrator's species do not view artificial lives in the same way Starfleet does, and their agreement with the Federation permits any interference against internal affairs of property. Okay. Leffler and Torek start shutting down systems, small enough that Data doesn't register what they're doing. Suddenly, the ship drops out of warp, and Nephrim has to switch focus to start fighting their efforts. Jordy triggers a venting of engineering, and when the blast doors open, he enters in a full space suit with a phase rifle. Oh, he cool. That's pretty dope, right? Yeah. He reactivates Data and asks his friend if there's any way to regain control over the ship. With an alarm, the self-destruct is activated, Nephron announcing through Data that he will not go back to that cage. Whoa! Data informs Jordy that the only course of action is to destroy him before Nephron can upload itself fully no. into the computer. No! Risking destroying both Nephron and himself in the process. Jordy refuses, saying he's not willing to sacrifice his friend just yet, that he's not just equipment, but a person. Nephron, upon hearing this, pulls the ship out of warp drive, stops the self-destruct, and restores controls to Geordi instantly. Aww. Recognition, Data explains. All it wanted was recognition, like a child acting up. Damn. In Picard's ready room, when the crew are back aboard, Picard listens to Geordi and Data's report of how things went down. Picard states that Starfleet's general orders do not cover Hive intelligence in the same way it does singular AI, since their encounters with the Borg, and that if mm. recoverable, the Nephron program must go back to the station. Data's quick to refute the continued existence of the program, looking to Geordi to back him up. 
Jordy lies to Picard that the program was irretrievable and destroyed Whoops. rather than be caught. Whoops. Picard nods and dismisses them. When back on the bridge, Picard orders a completely unnecessary Class 1 probe launched randomly into space. <laughs> Much to the confusion of the rest of the bridge crew. Data launches the probe, but reports instantly that the probe has malfunctioned and is now unreadable in the scanners. Oh, man. Picard nods, then dismisses Data and Geordi, telling them to get some rest. That's Instead, awesome. Instead, the two men go to 10 forward, where Data apologizes profusely for his actions. He promises to turn off the emotion chip and return the program and research the program more, that he cannot risk his friendship over his quest for emotions. Geordi stops him, saying that recognizing the need to do that from time to time is enough for Geordi, that he should have been more patient. Data is essentially going through puberty. His emotions are all yeah. over the place, and Geordi should have remembered how difficult that was. Yep. Data looks out the window and asks Jordy if he thinks Nephron will be able to deal with his evolution. Yeah, Jordy says, not looking out the window, but instead staring at his friend. I think so. He's the talking end. about himself. He's talking about Data. Well, of course that's a hyper pitch it, right? There's I no... mean, yeah, that's a that was great. That was like a classic ass TNG yeah. episode. That was yeah. so good. Yeah, and I like that it's in the E, and it's, like, right at the beginning, and they're having trouble, right? Like, that's cool. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite episodes you've written, actually. Yeah. Like, it, I yeah. really love this. All I know is don't fuck with AI. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like, the problem always comes in when Data hooks up to something. Yeah. Like, just don't fucking hook Data up to it's anything. It's too much input, right? It's too, it's too much. Uh, Rich finishes up the email by saying, As always, love you guys, and thanks for the continued vehicles for these stories. I love you both. Captain Rich, yeah, I gave myself a promotion. I earned it. Damn. Chief officer aboard the USS, probably going down in a big ball of flames. Who made this idiot captain, and will this <laughs> name even fit on the hull? B. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a clever joke. That's, uh, that's, that's a great joke. Shit. Oh, I love that so much. That's it's like fucking funny. These long names are like, you know how the name is on the top of the ship on the yeah. hull? It just like makes like a swirl like, around the hull. It's just a big, it just wraps around itself. <laughs> yep. I always picture it like like uh, almost like a Star Wars font going, it's like bigger, right? And then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> I was picturing it like one of those fucking things that you brainwash somebody with, but the text right, just keeps swirling. A swirly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit, Rich, man. You you really do like heighten this program in Hell a way yeah. that we really appreciate. We don't deserve it. No, we really don't. And like that email earlier said, like you're really out here like touching people, bringing people together, and that yeah, means a lot. It's really cool. That's Thank awesome. you. We love you too. We love you. You know what? That's all for the emails this time around. If you want to be part of the show, you want to get caught up in the fever, you want to trek with your boys. Trek with your boys. I don't even need a sound, like a sound button. Like, I just have Josh. He'll do it. <laughs> I should time. record it, and then I should fuck with it and make it sound like that. You know, like, <laughs> lower the bass and shit. I should trek with your boys. <laughs> uh... 
If you want to be part of part of the action, you want to trek with your boys. You want to keep them trek boys making that trek noise. <laughs> send over an email to mclassemail at gmail.com. All singular, as it's yeah. always been. It's always been. Shoot us an email about anything. We literally had an email about toilet paper and poo-poo. And yeah, we this. talked about wiping our butts. Uh, we'll talk about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shoot us an email. Also follow us on Twitter at M Class Podcast. We're we're good Twitter boys. Yeah. What else? Um, you know what? Probably most importantly, become a patron. What are you doing? <laughs> if you're listening to the show and you love it, what it made are you, you doing? It made you reconnect with your college age daughter. Not saying anybody specific. <laughs> Become Just a patron. A random thought. <laughs> Just in case that happened to anybody out there. Yeah. A lot of people, probably. Yeah. Become a patron today. Head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar, you get access to a ton of back podcasts, ton of audio logs, extra art. You get access to the Discord full of the coolest people on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's where you can really walk with your boys. Yeah. And you got to do it. Patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. You got more money, you want to bring more greatness to the world, you want to do this instead of giving us money, whatever, head over to blacklivesmatter.card.co, that's card with two R's, give some money to some charities, some funds, help us get to that utopian future where racism doesn't rule everything around us. Yes, yes. Reem. Yeah. Rareem. We don't want to live in the Rareem world. We want to live in the cream world. Cream world all the way. Although we all have cash in the cream world. Yes. Yes. Just fucking donate money. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying anymore. We've Uh, been doing this for a couple hours. Yeah, we're going on four hours at this point. So it's four hours of nonstop talking. Yes. It's the perfect time to call it a day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back in another week with more M-Class goodness. Peace. Babylon. Trek with your boy.